Hello, Ninth and O. Uh, this is Chad Paget here with a uh, devotionable, uh, brief devotions for uh, busy people. So, if you've listened to the last uh, the last few devotionables, um, we've talked about things related to, uh, or talked about things from Exodus, uh, everything from um, uh, the Ten Commandments uh, to uh, the details, the painstaking detail. That, uh, that the Bible gives about how the tabernacle is supposed to be constructed. Uh, we've talked about the, uh, the golden calf uh, episode incident there at the base of the Mount Sinai and um, how God was, God was ready, to, ready to destroy uh, the people um, but for Moses' intercession and um, God renewed his covenant with the people. And in the last few chapters of Exodus, we pick up on the actual construction of the tabernacle. And I think the a lot of the details, uh, sometimes for uh, 21st century Christians, it's hard to see why why this is important to us or what, what we can learn from, from this. And so I hope to, you know, talk for just a few minutes today about things that I think we can, we can learn from the, the details and the tabernacle construction and how, it, uh, how this all points us to Jesus ultimately. So what does what the instructions, first of all, and, and as I said, the, the instructions in the earlier part of Exodus about the, how the temple was to be, or I'm sorry, how the tabernacle was to be constructed, how the priestly garments were to be made. I, I mean, lots of detail that God gave. And, and here in the, in, the latter part of the, in the latter part of the book, we have the same detail about the actual construction and the actual, the, the making of the, the priestly garments. There are several times starting in, in uh, chapter 38, verse 22, and then through, through chapter 39, um, there's a phrase that gets repeated over and over again. And if I can just read one verse to you from uh, chapter 39, this is verse 32. It says, Thus all the work of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting was completed, and the sons of Israel did according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So they did. That phrase or something very similar to it, just as the Lord commanded Moses, is repeated over and over again in the construction details. And I think what, what this shows about God is that he, God had a very orderly, very organized plan for constructing the tabernacle, and things had to be done his way. At a, at a time when, similar to what happened back in the, in the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve had just had completely corrupted God's plan, God's creation, the people now, the Israelites, have, have, have sinned and have rebelled against God from everything from their complaints as they, they, after they left Exodus, or after they left Egypt, where you know, they complained about the food, they complained they didn't have enough water, even to the, to the extent that they were ready to just take us back to Egypt, or why didn't, why didn't we just die in Egypt? And God had a, God had a plan in, in, in the people's history here to, to restore a relationship with them and to, to let them, to give them a way to enjoy communion with him. But it all had to be done his way. It all had to be done according to his plan. And, and the people, according to verse 32 of chapter 39, the people did exactly that. They did what, they did what God wanted them to do. But it shows that not only does God give, a, give an orderly design, don't, not only does he put order where we put disorder, he keeps his promises. 
He'd made a promise to Abraham back early in Genesis that this was his plan, that he was going to give them land and they were going to, that all peoples were going to be blessed through him. And this is all part of, this is all part of that great plan that he had. Um, so he keeps his promises. He is utterly faithful to us. And, and lastly, I think what it shows about God is that he's very gracious. When his people sinned, he still had a way. He still provided a way. It had to be his way. But God provided a way for His people to enjoy, uh, to enjoy His presence. And so, when verse thirty, or when chapter thirty-nine, Exodus thirty-nine concludes, the Bible says, "So the sons of Israel did all the work according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. And Moses examined all the work, and behold, they had done it just as the Lord had commanded." This they had done, so Moses blessed them. And, and so the, the tabernacle included a place, the, the most holy place, where God could reside, where the Ark of the Covenant was going to be stored, where the Ark of the Covenant was going to be placed, and that's where God would come. That was going to be the, the symbol or that was going to represent his kingly presence uh, on the earth. Everything about the tabernacle and everything about the communion with God for we in the New Testament. Everything points to Jesus. And Matthew 1.23, the Bible says, God speaking through the angel to Joseph, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Ultimately, the, the tabernacle was just pointing to the ultimate, the ultimate relationship, the ultimate communion that people could have that was going to be available with God. And that was when... He put on flesh to come here and live among us. John 1, verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. That Jesus came, He dwelt among us, God put on flesh and came and dwelt among us in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. And, and tabernacled with us uh, in a way. So we can be thankful today for the order that God puts in, in, in communion with him, for God's faithfulness, for how gracious he is to people who, who don't deserve it, and for the opportunity that he gives us to enjoy his presence. I hope this devotional is helpful for you and hope you have a good day.